G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Some attention to the way we think about our Christian faith and age generations. The usual model in Christian life is that trusted adults teach the model of Christian life to children in church through just living life, Bible study, doing good works. There's a model, isn't there, from adults down to children. Well, whose job is it to connect people of similar age and interest so there can be an effective opportunity to share the gospel and model a life of devotion to Christ? When we talk about generational challenges, are these the same as cultural differences? Because different generations have almost a different culture that needs to be addressed. Here's a little one uh, that might get you thinking. How old were Jesus' disciples who became the apostles with the responsibility to take the gospel into all the world? Well, they were quite young. We might talk about the age of the disciples in just a short while. Stu Miller is joining us. Stu is the founder of Train to Proclaim and always wonderful to have him back in the studio. Stu Miller, welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be back. Stu, this is an interesting one today because as we're going to talk about intergenerational faith sharing, I suspect our focus is going to be on younger people. Mm -hmm. But what are your thoughts when we discuss this idea of intergenerational faith? Uh, You know, is one generation responsible to reach its own generation? What about those older? What about those younger? What's going through your mind? Well, I think it was pretty clear with Jesus' last words when he said to uh, his disciples, go into all the world and reach the young people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, no, actually, I think I've misquoted that, haven't I? Yeah. Of course he didn't. He said go into all the world and all the world and reach them with the gospel. So, um, you know, our, our mandate as a church is to reach everyone, uh, from the oldest person in our society to the youngest, you know, um, the great thing about Christianity is the it's the great leveler. You know, uh, there's no more Jew or Greek, male or female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. We're all made in the image of God. God loves every people group. He loves every person. He wants every person to come into relationship with Him. And so it's a a challenge for us, isn't it, to be able to how do we you know how do we reach the the oldest person and the youngest person in our society and everyone in between. Hey, some context here today, because interestingly, right now in Victoria, uh, COVID-19 is causing a very, very severe lockdown, uh, painful restrictions on so many people, uh, Mm. people housebound, workers in lockdown, livelihoods on hold, Mm. uh, the anxiety levels no doubt rising even as we speak, Uh, a million Melbournians in fact working from home. The likelihood Mm. is we've probably got more listeners in Victoria today than we ordinarily do in Victoria. So uh, when we talk about sharing our faith intergenerationally, sometimes we're thinking in the context of what happens in our local church when we're meeting together. But that's not going to happen in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Some places around Australia now, churches opening up, they're allowed to meet. There's a whole lot of less restriction than there's happening right now in Victoria. Mm-hmm. But this idea that there are people in Victoria right now 
who can't meet face to face. You haven't got this discipleship opportunity, this sharing of the gospel on the street or the, the over the coffee table, uh, all of these sorts of things that we always think of. Yes. Uh, there are people right now who are housebound. So mm-hmm. how do we actually bridge that gap? What are your thoughts when you reflect <laughs> on what's happening in Australia right now? Yeah, well, when we think about uh, reaching people, um, it's a, it, I think it's actually a wake-up call for us as a church at the moment because we've, we normally have all these opportunities to sit down and have a cup of coffee with someone, to, to talk with someone on the street, to, you know, and Melbonians uh, aren't experiencing that at the moment. They're very restricted in what they can do. But do you know, the first thing I'm thinking of is do we actually take those opportunities when we do have the freedom to have it? Uh, often we don't, so it's a, maybe it's a challenge for all of us to to utilize every opportunity we have. But when we are restricted, sometimes that makes us creative, Neil. And when we can't, you know, do the the more traditional forms of communication and and evangelism that we may may have been used to, uh, we have to step out of the box. And um, there's some great initiatives that that uh, have been brought to play during this COVID time when it was Australia wide. One of them uh, I've spoken about before, which is the Hope Story Challenge, and which is where you record yourself on your phone just for one minute, a maximum of a minute, just sharing uh, your, your testimony, what your life was like before you came to Christ, how you came to Christ, what your life's like, and a quick challenge for other people to, to contact you if they want to know more information. So it's a real brief testimony, and it's called the Hope Story Challenge. You can go to hopestorychallenge.com, and it's got very simple instructions on how to do it. And then you nominate five people to, to do it. So when you nominate those five people, the hope is that maybe two or three of them will do it and then nominate another five and then maybe two or three will do it and then it'll go viral. And And there's many, many thousands now of hope stories out there, which is fantastic. Uh, and so maybe you you are in Melbourne. Maybe you're trapped at home and you're thinking, I want to reach out with the gospel. Well, this is a great way of doing it. There's more people sitting looking at social media at the moment than there normally is because they're in lockdown. And so they're spending a lot more time online. And here's an opportunity for you to get into their homes. We've got It's unbelievable, Neil, that, that, that we've got unprecedented opportunity at the moment, even though we're in restriction. <laughs> unprecedented opportunity. This is so, so interesting because when we are face-to-face, mm. there's more blockages than mm. when we're not because sure. of the capacity of social media and using those internet uh, platforms wisely. Yep. So sure. uh, let's. Uh, I just want to invite listeners uh, to join in our conversation. We're going to open our talkback lines, and you might like to join in our conversation. A simple question to ask today, but has some profound implications. Is it easier to reach out with the gospel to people who are older or people who are younger? And when we are face-to-face... There's all sorts of extra generational issues that are created than if we're not face-to-face and we have actual use of internet resources and social media. So uh, you can respond to that question at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Is it easier to reach out with the gospel to people who are older or people who are younger? Now, we need to reach out, as we've already indicated, Stu, right across the age generations. Absolutely. The typical thing we might think of from history, older people reaching out to younger people. Mm -hmm. But that's been turned on its head in the internet age. Mm -hmm. So young people perhaps need to be thinking about how to reach old people. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Old people meaning uh, everybody over 19, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what is old? I mean, sure. we can leave listeners. You might like to make your contribution there, but... It's very people, relative. It's very relative, Neil. Young people can reach old people. What are your thoughts here about how difficult it is to get your mind around some change? Yeah, well, I mean, I think um, young people can reach older people, but it's it's there is the challenge of... I could have been changing your nappies type thing where, you know, an older person's got a lot more experience in life and they're sort of thinking, what what do you got to tell me about life? Uh, you know, there is a little bit of that attitude. But I think the key is, and I think this is a key for cross-generational uh, evangelism and evangelism in general, is is humility and authenticity. And I think if you're humble with what you're doing and you're not saying, hey, I know it all, and you're coming across and you're sharing your story and you're authentic about that, there shouldn't be offence at that and there should be uh, a willingness to listen regardless of the age of the person. Interesting to talk about ages because even as I might think of my own life experience, Mm -hmm. there were times in my younger years, I gave my heart to Christ age 14 and then Mm -hmm. went through some discipleship and was really passionate and would go street witnessing and all sorts of things like that, which I don't do as much as you do, but you do this all the time. But but there are times in our lives when we are more passionate, more bold, Mm. and more able to get out and be agile with our faith than when we get older. So young people become very important in the way that the gospel spreads. I would agree and disagree with that, Neil. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely young people are younger and more agile and maybe have more energy to do that. But there's there's something to be said about uh, the, I would say it's almost like a sleeping giant. We've got a a whole group of people, a whole demographic of, of retired Christians that instead of sitting around playing cards or, you know, going to a craft group or whatever we're doing with our time, we've got all this time that we didn't used to have where you really wanted to actually put in and serve the Lord and now you've got the time to do it. Often you are financially set up, so a young person's very reliant on raising funds and you know, in order to be an evangelist or to be full-time sharing the gospel. Often retired people have got their own homes. They've 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 got superannuation, or they've got you know that they're, they're okay. They don't need to raise you know go around churches raising support so that they can survive. They've got that already. They've got time. They've got money, and then you know they've also got a high motivation because when you look towards the the remaining years of life, you sort of think, well. You know, I I haven't got as many years as I used to have. (laughs) When I was 20, I had my whole life ahead of me. Now I might have another 20, 30 years ahead of me. If that's the case, what am I going to do to invest in eternity? So there's a high motivation, hopefully, there with Christians. So I don't write off the elderly people, and and, and I'm not saying you are. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, I think that there's actually a a, a good case to be put to say, let's utilize our, our, you know, elderly years to really invest in eternity and share the gospel with as many people as possible. One more thing on that. Uh, you know, I had a lady in, uh, that used to mentor for me. She'd come out and take people out on the street and show them how the G7 worked. And uh, she was in her late 70s. And she would drive, and I sort of think, wow, that was so amazing. That, she, But she's passionate about seeing people come to know Jesus, and she just wants to use the rest of her life to, to do that. And I just think when you're an elderly lady, you're so uh, – you, you can't um, – 
no one's put off. Hardly anyone says no to her, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, as a young man and I approach someone, if I'm approaching a lady, you know, it means immediately there's, you know, suspicion. What, suspicion. What are you doing here? What are you trying to sell me? You know, are you trying to pick me up? You know, there's a whole lot of dynamics there that just aren't there with her. If an elderly lady sits down next to you on a park bench and starts chatting with you, there's, you're not thinking anything, you know what I mean? You don't yeah. think there's any agenda. Yeah. And then she can go and share the gospel with you. So I just sort of think she can approach anyone. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so she, there's an, an amazing opportunity there. So if, if you're in that category, if you're retired and you're listening today, I want to encourage you today, don't think, oh, yeah, it's the young people with all the energy. I think you can make an incredible difference with your life, and you've got the, the means and the ability to do it. A lot of people hurting right now, but there mm-hmm. are those who, mm-hmm. as you say, have more resources, mm-hmm. uh, more wisdom, mm-hmm. more maturity, right. and time on their hands. That's right. And uh, one day we'll stand before God and uh, give account to what we were doing with that time, and we That's might right. have to give some account as to what we were doing when Stu Miller decided that uh, he should just <laughs> unload and say, hey, there's a responsibility on you if you're older and you've got time, you've got to do something, uh, you know, share your faith more widely. Let's come back to the younger end yep. because... When Jesus took disciples, who eventually became the apostles, well, they were, in fact, young people. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can talk about uh, the age of those uh, disciples, but they were young. And Mm -hmm. in order to go into all the world and preach the gospel, that great commission, they were going to be needing to to present this gospel to the older generation who may well at the same time have had that level of maturity, cynicism, skepticism about anything like that, and they needed to cut through. So they, those disciples needed to be able to cut through generationally. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, even though when we look at the, the generations, you know, the, the, the greatest generation, the silent generation, the, the, uh, the baby boomers, Generation X, Generation Y, or the millennials, Generation Z, and you look at all the differences between them, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And you think, oh, every generation have got their own cultural, uh, you know, culture. They've got their own, uh, you know, experiences that they've had that are different to past generations that make them who they are today. I mean, uh, the latest generation, Generation uh, Z, is is very, very technological, sab- technologically savvy, and uh, you know, have been brought up with a phone in their hand almost. You know, we've got, which is quite different from their grandparents. And you look at those differences, and you think, <clears throat> can we ever communicate across? But you know what? The, the greatest message in the world, the greatest story of all time, is still as relevant today as it was back generations and back 2,000 years ago. And that same message is so needed because we've still got the same hearts. We're still human beings. We still have a need for our sins to be forgiven. We know that we've broken God's laws. We know that we need forgiveness. We know that we need to be restored back to our Creator. And there's a yearning inside of each one of us, and there's an emptiness and a void inside of us when we haven't got that relationship with our Creator. And so that message today is the key thing. Now, as I said, if you do it in humility and in love, and if you do it in an authentic way, you can cross those cross-generational barriers with the greatest message of all time, and you can still communicate that. So I want to encourage people, don't be put off by the generations and think, oh, I can't reach older people or I can't reach younger people. I think we can. 
So the message is more important than how you feel about your own age. That's exactly right. How you right. feel about your own maturity, because when you're sharing a message that's 2,000 years old, mm. the message is much older than all of us. That's right. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Wonderful to have you with us on this Wednesday edition of 2020. Stu Miller is our guest. We're talking about ages, generations, the way we think about sharing the gospel, whether we're sharing the gospel comfortably with those who are older or with those who are younger. Stu, let's come back to the age of Jesus' disciples for a few moments here because you know when we see the movies... Uh, the disciples are depicted usually as sort of almost, you know, sometimes <laughs> middle they're middle-aged aged men. <laughs> well, you know, obviously, now obviously they have to be younger. Now, it's not really specifically known how old the disciples were when they were following Jesus. No, you can only right. speculate. No ages are mentioned. But no. if uh, there are ones who are writing accounts of the gospel later in the first century, they can't have been that old when <laughs> they were right. following Jesus. So uh, just as a little bit of a, a, a hint here, and there's lots of people might have done some scholarship on this, but uh, James and John two of mm-hmm. Jesus' early disciples. Well, they were working on a fishing boat, mm-hmm. uh, as I understand it, working for their father. It means they were old enough to work full-time, but it is likely that James and John were teenagers. Mm-hmm. Some thought that John actually might have been the youngest of all of the disciples. You know, He's known as the beloved disciple. That's right. Uh, then there's Peter, who might have been a little bit older, but not much older. Mm-hmm. And But he was married. But mm. in first century, being married was probably a little bit younger than yeah. what we might think. So he might became, have been a, became a man at twelve, and, and uh, it, <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah. You know, going through uh, that Jewish sort of you know progression into that's adulthood, right. r- rites of passage, and things like that. But but he was a young man, uh, married. But mm-hmm. these disciples, they were young people. Jesus chose young people to reach out to all the generations. What goes through your mind when you reflect on the age of the disciples? Yeah, well. Um, uh, Jesus knew what he was doing, and I think um, I think there's got to be uh, a real focus in our churches, and you know, good budgets given, and uh, resources and staffing given towards children and young people because they have so much potential, and if at a young age they can catch the vision and get a heart for reaching this world with the gospel. They have their entire lives ahead of them to do ministry, which is, is uh, you know, exponentially better than, than starting later on in life. It's, uh, and, and, and like you said before, they've got energy, they've got enthusiasm, they've got passion, and, you know, it's not, it's not a surprise to me at all that Jesus chose young people. You know, if he had chosen middle-aged people to mm-hmm. be his disciples, mm-hmm. wouldn't that have left the younger generation out of the picture for the rest of the next 2,000 years until now? Well, potentially, yeah. But, um, I mean, obviously everyone can reach every generation, and we've we got to look across that. But, you know, starting with young people was a smart move by Jesus. All right, let's take some calls. Let's hear from Pam in Strathpine in Queensland. Hi, Pam. Welcome. Hi, Neil. And hi, hi. How are you going? Really good. Thanks, Pam. What are your thoughts for our conversation today? Uh, well, I'm nearly 75, 
and uh, I reach everybody. I go, when I get my hair done, I reach all the young girls and Stephens and give them Bibles and share the gospel. Nearly every time I go there, they'll have a new girl that God's put there that doesn't know the Lord. So I'm able to spend an hour or so sharing the gospel and giving her tracts and a Bible. And, and, and then, um, uh, then as I walk through the shopping centers, the fellows are, are stopping and giving out things. Well, I say to them, oh, I've got something for you. So I'll give them a track and talk to them or something. So um, I just reach any generation, male or female, or the youngest or the old, and, and um, they they seem to accept it all from me and that, yeah. So, Pam, what Stu was saying a little earlier, when you're an older lady, and as you said, uh, you're not getting knockbacks anywhere. People are just open to you whenever you're sharing your faith. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That's great, yes. Pam. I love your I love your passion and your heart and the fact that you're focused and you you're you're being intentional about reaching out, which is so amazing. It's really good. Pam, yeah, come well, back. I, to- have, I take I take all the Bibles and books and everything with me, and I sometimes I have a walker, but I have a bag on the walker full of all the stuff and that, all the books and that. So I have them all there, and I say to them, "Have you got a Bible?" And they say, "No." I say, "Well, here's one." And so I always have a Bible for them to give and tell them where to read in the Bible and and share with them and that. Yeah, I have a wonderful time, yes. I love the idea that uh, you're at the hairdresser and, uh, you know, a special plug for Stefan's, uh, the hairdressers, uh, because you're in the hairdressing chair and you've got a captive audience. (laughs) Oh, yes. And Nelly, every time I go there... I, I have, well, they all know me now. As soon as they come in, hello, Pam, hello, Pam, hello, Pam. And they all come and then I sit, the new ones come up and I say to them, oh, um, are you a Christian? Oh, no. I, have you heard the God? No. Well, so in I go. <laughs> Good for you, I can Pam. imagine, Pam, when you arrive at the door, there's a few rolling eyes happening saying, oh, here comes Pam again. But, uh, but you yep. end up with... Somebody different every time, maybe because, you know, in hairdressers, sometimes is it the case that someone washes your hair and someone sets your hair? How does that work for you? You've got multiple people. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I always, whoever does the colour of my hair, I have a gift for them, a gift of chocolates and that. So they always get, uh, I always have a gift for me to get, uh, with me to give out. Um but, um, yeah, 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 whoever it is, I just share with them all, you know, all of them. I just talk to them about the Lord and they ask questions and, yeah, yep, and I pray for them. Yep, yeah. <laughs> Pam, awesome. I want to thank you so much for calling in. You are a breath of fresh air. And, Pam, <laughs> keep on sharing your faith everywhere you can. You're absolutely wonderful. Special honour yeah. to you today. Thank you so much for calling in and, and sharing that uh, wonderful testimony of the way you are so bold with your faith. Thank you so much, Pam. Before we take another call, though, this is an interesting little aside here. Uh, what are your thoughts on having a bribe for people uh, when, you, <laughs> when you are sharing your faith? I mean, handing the chocolate, uh, having some special gift. Mm. I mean, I think this is coming from Pam's heart. Sure. Uh, it's not just so that someone will be listen to her talk about the gospel, but she's actually yeah. doing something with real generosity, Stu. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's the you know that's the heart behind it. And I think a lot of our outreaches in in uh, churches and in schools and you know that that I've been a part of have had something like that. There's got to be some attraction for someone to come. It might be a band, 
And is that a bribe to get people there to the, you know, and then you share the gospel? Or, or you've got a food bank in your church and you're giving out food parcels and then you want to share the gospel with people. It's not bribing people. It's just loving people. And it's, and it's, it's, it's expressing that in a tangible way and also giving the greatest message of all time. What I, what I don't like is if we, if we just do those things like a food bank and then don't also share the words of eternal life because if we really care and love people we're going to want to do both so it's the works of the gospel and the words of the gospel going out together we will call it tangible bridge building <laughs> i love you know, that and, i love uh, that you know for some people i go oh fancy handing out a chocolate uh, then sharing your message of faith yeah but uh, some will say oh i'm inspired i should hand out a chocolate and Why not? be generous and uh, share my faith. Yeah. A 1-800-316-316, a quick call before we go to news. Joshua is in Mount Evelyn in Victoria. Hi, Joshua, welcome. Hello. Joshua, welcome. Oh, thanks. Hey, how are you? Very good. Joshua, need to be quick. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, my thoughts are, um, yeah, I've just yeah, I've tried sharing a number of times and like sometimes I um, I'm sort of middle-aged and sometimes I've got knocked back sometimes I haven't and sometimes I've given like little you know those little Gideon Bibles yep I've given them out sometimes and sometimes they've received it and sometimes they haven't but I think sometimes it's come from my own heart as well like um, and and be and being like also trying to be led by the Holy Spirit on who to whom to give it to and, and stuff like that. And and um, sometimes they receive it, sometimes they haven't. But like the ones that don't receive it, I'll just say a prayer for them as well and and just um yeah, just just to that the that they would receive him through Joshua, the good thing for you oh, is right. that you haven't given up. Even though mm. you've had some knockbacks, uh, you're still going to share your faith. And uh, we'll talk some more perhaps about these sorts of things after Vision National News. A thought or two that came from Joshua from Mount Evelyn in Victoria just before the news. Now, Joshua shared he sometimes gets knockbacks. Uh, you know, he's giving out some Gideon's Bibles and taking the opportunities to be able to share his faith. And I said to him just before we had to hang up, just before the news, uh, that some people give up very easily. But uh, honour to him because he was continuing to share the faith, wasn't going to take that, not going to say, I'm going I'm to be quiet now because people don't want what I'm doing. What are your thoughts for Joshua? Well, there's so many scriptures on resilience and persevering in the faith and things like that, isn't there? And it's exactly the same with the mission that we have of sharing the gospel because we will get knockbacks and we can't uh, take them personally. It's not about us. It's a, you know, often if, if, if you're talking with a stranger and you get a knockback, well, it's, they don't even know you. How can they reject you? They're not rejecting you, but the message. So, Perseverance is an incredibly important thing, but also understanding that the ground that we're that we're sowing the seed into is different. Uh, we know from the parable of the sower that some was good soil, some was rocky, you know, some was the the path that gets taken away very quickly. And so we don't, when we're sharing the gospel with people, we really don't know unless we know them really well. Uh, we don't know what sort of soil we're going to be planting that seed into, and we don't know whether we're going to get a knockback or get someone give their life to Christ on the spot. You know, it could be or anything in between. 
God's on a journey with people and and he's working in their lives and we're just, you know, stepping in as as such, you know, in that, into that journey and trying to take per- people another step closer. Hey, and Joshua said uh, quite graciously, he's middle-aged and mm-hmm. this is what he's doing. There's interesting yeah. things here because when you're middle-aged, mm-hmm. uh, you should be fairly comfortable mm-hmm. uh, sharing your faith and mm-hmm. communicating with people who are older than you. Mm-hmm. And at middle age, you're probably quite comfortable sharing your faith mm-hmm. and understanding of life with people who are younger than you. So there's a real advantage for people who are middle-aged. Yeah, <laughs> so we've talked about the advantage of of elderly people. We've got time, and you know, and uh, you know, you get less knockbacks because you know, an elderly lady who's going to knock back an elderly lady, for example, or or a man that it's not just ladies, but uh, and then you know, the advantages of young and uh, the, the youth and their enthusiasm and passion and and energy that they've got. Uh, and the technology that they know how to use, and uh, but the middle age is is right there in the middle where they've got the confidence that they're not, you know, they've got a bit more wisdom than they when they were young, and they've got the ability to relate cross generationally with those older and younger. So yeah, every generation has got their opportunity. Let's take another call. Marjorie is on the line from Cooktown in North Queensland. Hi, Marjorie. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Very well, Marjorie. What are your thoughts for our conversation today? The uh, thoughts that um, I had, I've got a, a scripture that I would like to share with you. Yes, what's the scripture? The scripture is uh, in the book of Matthew, Matthew 28 and verse 18. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Jesus came and spoke. Then said, all authority has been given unto you. So he gave us the authority to speak forth in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You know, it's it doesn't matter how old we are. I'm an elderly person. But it doesn't matter how old you are. Mm. It's about getting the word out and knowing that the Holy Spirit goes before us Mm. and he will speak to us in a way that we can't even comprehend. But knowing that uh, God is there for us and he will send us to a person that needs encouragement, that needs uplifting, one that has broken heart and a contrite spirit, one that uh, is there and listening to the Holy Spirit and being obedient to take the word out that God gives us. Marjorie, you are a powerhouse. Just wonderful to hear you being able to reflect on that the way you do, uh, the authority. Uh, Let's uh, hear from Stu. Stu, your thoughts for Marjorie. I love that scripture, Marjorie, that you brought because sometimes we hear this, this phrase from people that we have to earn the right to speak into their life or earn the right to share the gospel with someone. And and I love that scripture because Jesus has already given us the right. He's given us the authority because straight after that, of course, is the next verse in verse 19 and 20 is the Great Commission to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And so uh, clearly he's given us the authority to do that. He's uh, commissioned us to do it. We don't need to earn that. We need to step out boldly and, and to do what he's asked us to do. So uh, I love that scripture and I love the the, uh, the fact that um, 
you, what you're bringing out today is that it's not the power isn't in, in the age of the person bringing it. It's actually got nothing to do with our age or you know race or gender or anything like that. The power's in the message that's being brought, the fact that Jesus has given us the authority to bring that and the Holy Spirit moving upon that in people's hearts. And they are the major players. We're the minor player. We're just scattering the seed. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Marjorie, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. You know, when we're talking authority here, Stu, authority is connected to power, mm-hmm. uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's God who is actually building his church, extending his kingdom, and yes. we are the messengers. And yes. so somehow or other you've got to keep that context, haven't you? Yes, and you've got to keep that balance. And I and I actually understand when people are saying we need to earn the right to speak into someone's life. I think they've had a bad experience with someone thinking they've got too much power and authority and they've just bulldozed someone and uh you know, uh, that's it's almost spiritual abuse, isn't it? I think we, when whenever we come to share the message, even though Jesus has given us the authority to do so, we want to come with humility, with love, with grace, and uh, be authentic in the way that we come across. We don't want to bulldoze anyone or force the message on anyone. Uh, you know, recognizing that God's at work in people's lives, and we want to be a part of that work and work in with what God's doing, not cut across it because we've got the authority because Jesus said so definitely I, I don't want any listeners to sort of cut you know think of you know that authority is just like you can just go out there and do whatever you like no we want to be gracious and understanding in the way that we do it so the power and the authority is in the message and what God is doing yes and uh, not that we are somehow or other uh, being little mini dictators That's right. uh, and uh, wandering around uh, waving big sticks around and things like that. In actual fact, God uses us more significantly in our own weakness and in our own humility. Mm. And this would be where we can understand this idea of servanthood, the servant Mm. heart of the believer who is carrying this message. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Bianca in Grosvale in New South Wales. Hi, Bianca, welcome. Uh, hi, how are you? Really good, Bianca. What are your thoughts for our conversation today? Well, I just uh, wanted to say that this is uh, our really pretty much the way that we should serve our Lord. Um, I'm a new, uh, I'm a new Christian. I just um, got a scriptures on the way to do in some public schools and the opportunity the church is, you know, and the Lord is giving to children and um, our responsibility as Christians just to plant the seeds in their hearts and um, the rest the Lord will do. But um, yes, it's a really um, wonderful opportunity that I have to share with children uh, the Word of God and the hope and the vision that we have to put as 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 a servant of the Lord. Bianca, love the way you are serving the Lord and I love the sentiment that you bring here of sowing the seed 
and not feeling as though it's your entire responsibility for the life of the person mm. that you sow the seed to, but you're doing that obediently to God. Stu, your thoughts for Bianca? Oh, I love that too, Bianca. And um, I think a big part of, of relieving pressure in evangelism is to know that we don't need to take everyone from A to Z in one go. We don't need, we're not responsible to lead someone on, and to pray a prayer of salvation on the spot. God's at work in people's lives and, and we just share the message, we plant that seed and we allow God to, to move upon that message. And, and if we're the last link in the chain, that's wonderful if we lead someone to Christ, but it's, it's just as wonderful to be earlier on, uh, an earlier link in the chain leading up to that point. I also want to just encourage you with working with children. I, I sort of, I think really un, underrated is the, the ministry of RE or RI, depending on what state you're in, you know, religious education or religious instruction in schools. Because it's a wonderful thing to be able to share the gospel with children and influence them at a, at a stage in their life where they're forming their beliefs, and that impact could be for the rest of their lives. And I just sort of think that churches, we should be throwing money at this. We should be employing, you know, you know, the people to go into schools that are really gifted in working with children because we won't know the opportunity uh, that we have until we lose it, I think. And, and there's the real threats to this in many schools, and many schools have already got rid of RE in schools. And so if you're in a community that allows it, please just get right in behind that work. Bianca, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Just to pause on the calls just for a moment because Mm. uh, something I just don't know the answer to Mm. is what's happened when there have been lockdowns in schools. And I know and I'm mindful of those listeners who are tuning in today from Victoria into a very, very significant hard lockdown that's Mm. happening across the whole state of Victoria, really, but primarily they're those, uh, those who are in Melbourne. But those who've had their whole schooling upset through this year, uh, I'm not sure what's happened to RI and RE in all of that because I'm not sure whether that's gone online and uh, and how RI teachers have been able to you know connect with students because they probably haven't had that resource. Any mm. ideas here, Stu? Do you know anything about that? I don't that? know, actually. Um, I'd be interested to hear if there's someone in Melbourne that knows the answer to that. Please ring into the show. We'd love to know. And if it all has been brought to a halt, how much more is that a wake-up call Mm. to all of us today to say that our children are missing Mm. one of the dynamics that actually brings them through into Mm. a faith and discipleship in their early years? Mm. How much of a wake-up call is that? Let's take another call. Jonathan is on the line from Perth. Hi, Jonathan. Welcome along. Yeah, hello. Yes, uh, you know, when you were talking about about the commission, yep. but Jesus said, "As the Father sent me, so I send you go." Mm. So He said, he, "The Father sent him, so He sent us to go too." So we are in the commission to complete the work of evangelism through Him. And uh, your thoughts here, Stu? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is so true, and it is the the commission for the whole church to reach the whole world. And uh, that's what we're talking about today, this whole concept of, of how do we reach all the different generations, because th- that is our responsibility as a, you know, and our mandate um, from Jesus. So uh, great thoughts. As the Father sent me, so send I you. And, uh, you know, you can 
couple that in with uh, your Matthew 28 mm. Great Commission and just have a deeper appreciation of what it is to be a messenger of the gospel because Jesus first sent the disciples, then he says to the disciples, go into all the world. And that passes on to mm. each of those disciples in the generations to come. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. let's take another call. Sue is on the line from Sydney. Hi, Sue, welcome. Hi, how are you? Very well, Sue. What are your thoughts? That's good. I'm just listening to the conversation um, about you know, sharing the gospel. Um, I used to do that like a couple of years ago um, when I came back to Sydney because I lived in USA for a couple of years. I came back to Sydney and I started sharing the gospel with people, but I noticed a lot of people were not interested. So um, I kind of got disheartened and discouraged. So um, that kind of turned me off, and I thought lately I've been thinking, well, I can't, I can't just stop. I've got to keep sharing the gospel. So I've found other ways of sharing the gospel, which is like you know, the um, word for today that I received um, in the mail. What I do now, where I work, I've got a, a very big park close to the office where I work. So what I do at lunchtime, I go to the park and I just leave like all these leaflets and you know, word for today on the bench there for people who have, and I just pray. And I ask the Lord, Lord, if there's anybody that's searching for you, I pray that they will find this and they will search for you and they'll find you and they'll be saved. And then that's one way that I share it now. And another way that I share it is also through Facebook. I share the word of God mm. through Facebook a lot. And um, even today, while my dad's in hospital, um, we're, we're working from home right now and we've got like a Teams chat for our, for our team at work. And so, you know, a few people from work were asking me, in my team were asking me how my dad's going. And then I just shared with them about um, this body is not, it's just temporary and um, it's going to die. And I just said, like, Jesus has promised those of us that believe in him that one day he will give us new bodies that will never die and will never feel any pain. So that was another way of me sharing with my teammates. So there's just these, these ways that I'm looking for to share. You are absolutely doing some wonderful things and using what I can hear as I hear you telling your story there, Sue, you're using every means possible, mm. uh, whether it's the word for today or leaflets that you're leaving on a park bench, or whether you're on Facebook, you're utilizing social media. Mm. You are, Sue, you are just absolutely fabulous. Keep on doing that and more power to you. Stu, your mm. thoughts for Sue? Absolutely. We want to encourage you today, Sue. It's fantastic what you're doing. Um, you, you you made a comment earlier. You said it's it's got harder and it seems to be people less interested. And then you've tried some different things. And I think sometimes, you know, the message hasn't changed for 2,000 years, but the methodology certainly has. And I think, you know, we've got to be inventive and creative in the way that we come across. And certainly, you know, things like Facebook and Instagram and, and uh, other social media platforms are a lot more important these days for us to be on to, to share the gospel with people. Uh, and uh, using the technology, like like the uh, you may be interested, Sue, in, in our app. If you download the G7 app onto your phone, that may be a wonderful way that could uh, help you to engage with people through the medium of, of a phone 
uh, to share the gospel with them. Um, we're actually doing uh, some training at the moment, and um, maybe we'll talk about that later, Neil. But um, you know, anyone who is feeling maybe, hey, I, I, I'm I'm struggling to reach people, or or people don't seem to be so open these days, like Sue was saying, um, maybe you know you need some training on how to actually connect with people and and share the gospel in today's culture and context. So we've, we're doing some Zoom training and it's free and anyone can uh, link into that. So okay, more well, on that later. Take note of that, Sue. Sue, thank you so much for your call. Wonderful to hear from you. We'll put a line under any other calls for now, just a few minutes in our conversation. But uh, this is interesting, Stu, because you are usually the sort of person who will stand before groups, churches, mm. uh, men's groups, youth groups. You just love to be able to train people to do evangelism. People can hear in your own heartbeat the common sense approach that you have. There's a wise approach. There's a gentleness in you, uh, which is what we want to hear from someone who who is able to teach us about how to share the gospel. You haven't been able to stand before the crowds. Uh, everything's been closed down. And right. in, in your context, I guess there's a few things that are starting to open up, Just uh, you know, but that's all sure. tenuous too. It could all close down any that's minute. Right. But you've gone online and you've done some different things. Mm. You're doing these Zoom trainings. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned those. Uh, you've got G7 seminars. Uh, you're halfway through one of those right now, mm-hmm. uh, taking some expressions of interest from people who might like to be part of those. But if someone's going to join you, for one of those Zoom seminars, Mm -hmm. that's as good as being there and Mm -hmm. being part of something. And it doesn't matter where you are. You could be anywhere in this wonderful, big, wide nation of ours and you could have access to Stu Miller's smiling face and uh, (laughs) wonderfully in-depth training. So, uh, yeah, Yeah. honour to you. And uh, so if if someone wants to be part of the next one of those, they just make contact with you. How does that work? They can contact me, stu at traintoproclaim.com or you can go to our website and use the contact form there. But... Uh, just email me directly. Uh, it's stu for stu at train to proclaim dot com, and uh, yeah, you can you can uh, just let me know that you're interested in some training, and when we run another Zoom uh, training event, uh, once we finish this one, we can let you know the details, and hopefully it works in with your timetable. It's great, to, like you say, Neil. We've got people about fifty people on the Zoom meeting, which is just amazing from all around Australia, from from Perth and Western Australia and South Australia, New South Wales. We've got lots from Melbourne. Of course, there's a lot of people in lockdown at the moment. And uh, what I just sort of think, if you are locked down, use the time wisely. You know, um, when I, I love the expression, "When the boats are out of the water, it's time the time to mend the nets." Uh, so it's good if you know if you want to go fishing for men, like Jesus said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, sometimes we need to mend the nets, and there's times of training and equipping, and it's worthwhile. Uh, take you know putting the effort into to learning how to share the gospel more effectively. So if you're interested in that, contact me, Stu at traintoproclaim dot com. We'll uh, we'll see if we can link you in with the next training uh, event that's happening. And um, yeah, it's free. Hey, we've mentioned the G7 app, and people can go and download that from the Train to Proclaim website as well. And uh, a wonderful yeah, or, tool. Or, or directly from their app store. The, or from the, their app store. Yeah. You just go to your app store, G7, and yep. uh, you, the app will come up there. Uh, hey, Stu, while we're talking internet, because mm-hmm. internet 
provides us in all of the different social media platforms and the use of YouTube. You can cut across all the generational stuff. That's right. And your encouragement here is for people to become more familiar, uh, Mm. to immerse a little more in Mm. how you can share the gospel online because this is one of the most powerful things you can do to prepare right now, especially as we see what's happening around Australia. Yeah, and I would I would just caution people when they're using social media though, because it can be can come across well or it can come across really badly, and that's the thing about social media. Um, and I just just think about what you're saying. Try not to use jargon, Christianese, you know, because people won't understand what you're talking about. I personally don't post a lot of scriptures because um, I've got a lot of Christian friends who do and. People scroll. They just scroll, 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 scroll. And if they see your name and they know, oh, that's going to be another scripture, uh, and they're just, going to, they're just going to scroll past it. Whereas if you are putting a variety of different things up there, you might be put some funny thing or a joke or a funny little video. You might put something about your family. You know, um, I tend to try and do about four posts to one Christian post. So that way, when people see my name, they're like, oh, what's Stuart Stu posting about now? It could be anything. If I post Christian posts every time, then those who are, are not so you know, keen on the Christian faith are just going to go, oh, scroll past you, scroll, scroll past you. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I just, just think it's wise to be able to mix it up and to also really think about uh, what you're communicating and try to get into the mind of a non-church person and go, if I had never been to church before, would I understand this post? Would it mean anything to me? Or am I using terminology that is going past people? And, of course, there's the Hope Story Challenge. I want to encourage people with that. HopeStoryChallenge.com. Record your testimony and put that online because that's a powerful thing, your own personal sharing. Great insight and some wise words and also some creative expression in that, Stu. Just wonderful. Hey, uh, let me just uh, top off our conversation. We've had our online Facebook poll that's been operating. And the question that I've been asking, is it easier to reach out with the gospel to people who are older or people who are younger? Well, as the figures are showing, young people... 61%. So uh, easier to reach out to younger people, 61%, 39% older people. So uh, thanks, everyone, for responding on that. Interesting. Very interesting. Cast your vote there and engage with others. Uh, Even though we're sort of talking 61, 39, it's still relatively close. There's a bit of division. Of course, it all depends on our own age, our own context as to what we might think about that. And we're all gifted in different ways. Stu Miller, Always great getting your insights. Train to proclaim.com and uh, check out all of those different resources that you can access. Train to proclaim.com. Stu Miller, thanks for joining us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.